How do you folks? I pray today find you well. My name is James Taylor and I am the curate in the central hub of Church Wigan. It's Tuesday the 29th of September and we are continuing our series of reflections on the international season of creation. Today's reflection is entitled A Two-Way Relationship and my text is Malachi chapter 3 verses 6 to 12 and I'm using the NRSVA translation. Let's read the passage together. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, have not perished. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. And thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you, and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. I will rebuke the locust for you, so that it will not destroy the produce of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will count you happy, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Malachi. It's one of those names you know, but you don't come across very often. Perhaps you've seen it on your way to the Gospels and accidentally flicked to Malachi, as it's the last book of what we as Christians call the Old Testament. With this in mind, I think it's wise to say a little about Malachi and the book which bears his name. It's generally agreed amongst scholars that Malachi was a prophet in the post-exilic period of Israel's history, in Jerusalem and the southern kingdom of Judah. It's roughly a hundred years since the Israelites left captivity in Babylon and rebuilt the temple. As such, there are two, maybe three generations of Israelites living in Malachi's time. The reason why the Israelites were in exile in the first place was that they disobeyed God's instructions for living a whole life. In the book of Malachi, it would seem that the current residents of Jerusalem have not learnt from their ancestors. And once again, the people have turned from God. The temple is in disrepair, and so God uses Malachi to speak to the Israelites in order to show them the error of their ways and bring them back to God's self. The book of Malachi itself is structured as a series of debates between God via Malachi and the Israelites. In today's passage, God is reminding the Israelites that they are a chosen people. They are loved and cared for. But as it says in verse 7, Ever since the days of your ancestors you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? God accuses the Israelites of turning away from God. As, as they since the time of their ancestors, the Israelites then ask how they shall return to God. See the pattern of God making a point and the people then questioning it. Essentially, what has happened is the relationship between God and the Israelites has gone sour. 
God has provided blessing after blessing after blessing. And still, the ancient Israelites muck up. And when the muck hits the fan, they blame God. And they take no responsibility for their own actions. I wonder if that's familiar in your own walk with God. Do you receive a blessing from God or an answer to prayer, only to ignore that response from God, and you end up in a worse situation than before? Receiving the benefits from God, but then not using them properly, or not giving thanks for them, is a misuse of God's gifts to us, and a misuse of a relationship with God. The same was true of the ancient Israelites in Malachi's time. The relationship goes in one direction with God, putting in all the effort, and the Israelites and some of us not giving anything back. For any relationship to work, both parties need to work together, commit to one another, and be receptive to each other. That's what creates a two-way relationship that will then flourish and nurture all involved, and the relationship will then become a blessing. This is all very well and good, James, I hear you say. But what does this have to do with creation? Well, if we take the gift of creation that God has given us, it's not too much of a leap to see with climate change, plastic pollution and heaps of rubbish from the Western world ending up in other parts of the world, for example, plastic from Britain ending up in Malaysia and Turkey, see linked articles below from Greenpeace and the BBC, We can see the link between God's discourse with the Israelites with Malachi and our situation today. Just as the temple went into disrepair because it was neglected, so our planet is in a state of disrepair. How then can we fix this broken relationship and the damage being done? The answer is giving or tithing, as it's described in our passage. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, and thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you, and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. I will rebuke the locust for you, so that you will, that it will not destroy the produce of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will count you happy, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Verses 10 to 12. If the Israelites are able to show their commitment to their relationship with God by giving one-tenth of their wealth, that's what tithe means, one-tenth, God will bless their produce and the land will be a delight. The same is true for all of us. Invest in our relationship with God, and this should include some sort of financial giving if you're in a position to do so, we will then see a fruitful relationship. We also need to invest in green technology and sustainable methods of living so that the gift of creation, which itself is a temple to God, will recover from the damage caused to it. That that might mean at the moment buying reusable face coverings instead of disposables. There are many more examples. I want to say that in times of dying need, God will always provide and bless all those whom God has called and loved. The evidence for this is Jesus on the cross. So don't think you have to buy God's favour. That's heresy. But we all have to put in some sort of investment in our two-way relationship with God if we want to grow and be nourished. 
It's the same with the planet and the same with the church here in Wigan. If we want to see our worshipping communities flourishing with many more people knowing Jesus and making more disciples, we have to invest in Church Wigan, spiritually and practically. I'll leave you to decide how to make that investment. Let's end our time together in prayer. Across Church Wigan, the Diocese of Liverpool and with Christians all over the world, let's say the Lord's Prayer together in whatever form or language brings us closer to God. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you for your time today, friends, and may God bless us and be with us, today and always. <laughs>